walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? How's everybody doing today, huh? Happy bump day to everybody. Uh, <laughs> you you watched enough wrestling over the weekend? Look, man, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, everybody's saying it. Like, everybody's in my DMs. Everybody's messaging me. Like, the hardest part of the ring. Look, I watched a lot of wrestling over the weekend. And Clash at the Castle. NXT Worlds Collide. AEW All Out. Uh, the media scrum after all out like there's just so much wrestling so much drama so many great matches and storylines and just new directions for wrestling so much is up in the air but the hardest part of the ring i gotta tell you no one brought out a slip and slide in a match <laughs> well i have got great news for all of you who are have been telling me this Progress Chapter 22 is going to satisfy that desire for you. So don't you worry. You stick here, and I'll bring it to you. Uh, <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. No tables, but a, a lubed up slip and slide. And a lot of ass. A lot of ass cheek on this show. So, not by me, but of the wrestlers uh, involved. So, hopefully that doesn't disappoint anybody. But... Yes, Progress Chapter 22. We're here at the end of 2015, kind of entering a new era for Progress, it seems like, because we are uh, still pretty fresh off the heels off of Jimmy Havoc losing his title to Will Ospreay at Chapter 20. And that first, those first 20 chapters really felt like the Jimmy Havoc era. Like he was, he was the, the people, people were coming to see him. Let's be honest. Like he, he was a dick. A tremendous heel and uh, just a dastardly world champion. And that was a really strong storyline. A lot of people are telling me that it's the best that Progress ever did, which I can see. I can see. But that remains to be seen by me. We're entering a new era here. And uh, Jimmy Havoc is actually not on this show at all, which I think this might be the first ever chapter where that is the case. Maybe like chapter, I don't know if he was on chapter one, maybe some of the first couple chapters, but um, yeah, no Jimmy Havoc here, but uh, they're building new heels, it seems like. It seems like the the goal of this show. Marty Skrull, if you remember at chapter 21, kicked Chris Travis in the stomach, and uh, Chris Travis 
his stomach cancer returned a few weeks after. So I don't know if that's the, uh, <laughs> the is that, that the message we're trying to get across. I don't know. But Marty had no remorse, I guess, is how I'll put it. Um, so he clearly is on the rise as to being the next top heel, at least in my estimation. You also have the origin, which is a kind of a ragtag group of folks. Uh, they add a new member on this show, and we'll get into that. The origin's uh, a big part of the show as well. A lot of this revolves around building up that faction, and uh, I think they do an okay job at that. But um, we we have a lot to talk about that. We'll just say that. And um, yeah, you got some comedy. You got some. You got some violence. You got some geezers. Listen, if you're watching this, or if you're listening to this. And you're a fan of the British office, you know, the office, but the British version for people who aren't aware there. If, if, if they just know Jim and Pam, they don't know that this originated <laughs> in Europe. If you're a fan of the British office and Ricky Gervais and all that stuff, this might not be the episode for you because we shit on it a lot. <laughs> I'll, I'll let it speak for itself, but uh, I have no apologies. So anyways, yeah, we have Will Ospreay defending against Paul Robinson in the main event, as was set up at the last chapter. Mark Haskins versus Tommaso Ciampa might be my match of the night. A lot of really good stuff there. Just good stuff all around, as per usual with Progress Wrestling. But I'm not here alone. Joined today by the Sig Daddy himself, Skyler from Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. You can find this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Really entertaining uh, show over there by Skyler. He talks a lot. He talks some old school stuff. Talks some new new school stuff. Uh, some topical stuff. You know, just kind of evergreen topics. He has a, a good variety over there. Really entertaining guy, and uh, has guests and stuff like that. I was even on a show a while ago. Recovered WrestleMania 28, which is a rootin' tootin' good time. Talking about Maria Menudo shitting her pants or whatever the hell happened there. But go check that out. Why don't you? If you haven't already. But Go check out uh, Skyler at Sig Daddy Wrestle on Twitter. Like I said, wherever you listen to podcasts, all of his info in the description below. Go check him out. Check me out, why don't you as well? Apronbump.com for all my full episodes. If you're just stumbling upon here, if you're like, who is this hardest part of the ring, fella? What is progress wrestling? I sure would. I, I like the cut of this guy's jib. I would sure like to listen to him talk about the progress some more. Well, let me tell you, hypothetical listener, that probably doesn't exist. You can go to apronbomb.com and you can go up to the episodes tab at the top and you can select any promotion, any era of wrestling you, you want. I, I covered, you know, a wide variety of stuff, but you can select progress wrestling and it will take you all the way from all the way to the beginning. Chapter one, two, three, four. You know how to count all the way up to here chapter 22 chronologically covering all this stuff i'm living through it as i'm talking about it you know i'm not uh caught up i'm, I'm watching all this stuff for the first time so it's uh you're getting the first dog just getting murdered outside you're, you're getting my 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 first you know reaction to all this stuff so uh do that if you want progress is a good time a lot of silliness and uh but a lot of familiar faces a lot of great matches and uh some great storylines and stuff. So and that continues on this show. So let's get to it. Why don't we? Progress Wrestling, Chapter 22, with myself and Skyler from Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. Been to Vegas recently. 
Oh shit! How was that? Oh, that was. Uh, we ran up a thirteen hundred dollar pool bill at one point. So, like billiards? No, like thir pool, like actual, like at the pool. Oh, okay. Oh, like drinks buying drinks at the pool. Okay, <laughs> like what you uh buying floaties or something? No, 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 no. But I, but you no, know, we were filled up a cooler like three times. Nice. I mean, while you're there, it's the only way to do it. Yeah, it was my friend's bachelor party, so I. Ooh. Did you, uh, did you, uh, fuck, what's the hangover quote? Like, bring out the wolves or something, wolf pack? Yeah, the wolf, the wolf pack, <laughs> well, we had about a ten-man wolf pack at this thing. That's a pretty big wolf pack. As far as wolf packs go, I mean, it's not as big as the WCW wolf pack, but... No, 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 no. Well, the w NWO as a whole is a pretty big one, but yeah, I guess the wolf, the wolf pack. pack, how many people were in the wolf pack? It might have been less than ten. Uh, there was, like, Conan, Nash, Hall... I can't remember all of them. Maybe was was Waltman in there at one point, I think. Yeah. Probably. Was, was six or whatever the heck his name was. Virgil might have slipped in there for a second. You know, it was the whole thing. Well, he was it? What was the what was his saying? Is it man meat or something? Who? He's got, he's, Virgil. <laughs> he has a lot I don't of know. Sayings. He has some weird. He has some weird ass sayings. I can't keep up with things Virgil says, man. He's like, well, he's like the, what was the Olive Garden breadsticks joke he made with Chris Jericho that one time? Mm. Endless. Right. It's, it's just an endless bit of content, this Virgil. Oh, oh man. man. Well, no Virgil on this show, but there's uh, there's other stuff, I guess. Did you get a chance uh, to finish the show? Yes, I did. So did you, uh, well, I guess, first of all, have you ever uh, seen a progress show before this one? No, I have not. And I certainly have to say it's a different style than I'm used to. Because mm -hmm. I because it's like the show is like it felt like two different shows and within a show. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, an experience for sure. I mean, because uh, they show like the whole intro. They do like the banter in between the matches and all that stuff. It, it's, it's definitely a uh, it has a unique feel to it for sure. I mean, do you uh, do you watch NXT UK at all or did you, I guess? I only caught like very little of it if I ever did. It was very rare occasion I'd watch. I don't even think I honestly thinking about it. I don't really watch it hardly. I, I tried to watch, I guess, uh, was it Mako Satamora's one of her matches there? Yeah, yeah. Because now, now she's on regular NXT, so. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody, <laughs> everybody either got fired or is going to be on regular NXT. And there's so. a lot of people from this show that were that was on NXT, that were on NXT UK now that and now are gone. Yeah, I mean, damn near. I mean, most of the show is either people that are on WWE or AEW. There's a few that aren't, I guess, which uh, <laughs> I guess you got an introduction to some of them. But uh, yeah, I guess other than that, overall, before we like dive into the matches and stuff, overall thoughts on uh, what you witnessed here at Chapter 22. OK, so, yeah, I I, I so. The first half of the show, I was like, okay, okay. And then once the second half going, like, I, I there was a definitive turning point. I could tell mm -hmm. where everything just started to get really serious. It was <laughs> yeah. the middle of the Champa haskins match. Uh-huh. And then everything from there got, it was, I, and I felt like the show made a turn, and then it just was just focused completely on the wrestling and less on the comedy bits of mm -hmm. it. Yeah, comedy is generally a pretty big uh, piece of these progress shows. I would say this chapter may be a little more heavy than usual 
Like even because I felt just, like it was like three and a half matches that were comedy. Yeah, and I actually have thoughts on that. We'll, we'll get into it um, as far as like comedy and how the show is paced and all that. But uh, got a question to, for you. Do you uh, do you watch The Office? A little bit, a little bit. My mostly my family watches. I'll like I've never watched it all the way through, but I always catch like random episodes and such. Right. I know I noticed they did a little spoof at the beginning of this one. Yeah, they did a spoof of the British office, which I don't know if have you have you caught that version at all? I may have watched like a half of an episode before. Dude, I tried it (laughs) and look, I know I have a lot of British listeners or some at least. Uh, the British office is hot garbage. It is uh, not maybe I don't know. Maybe it just doesn't translate to me, but they did a spoof here. It was uh, Tom Irvin and Sebastian, who we see later in the show. The geezers is their tag team name. I'm going to tell you, they, I really couldn't make out a lot of what they were saying. I mean, it was a pre-recorded. <laughs> I <laughs> right? had no idea. Not I just me, right? Like, what is this? I, I'm so confused on what I like. I didn't know the characters. I I eventually I figured it out later on, but I was thinking, right. like, what the hell is this about? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you this. I watched every chapter up to this point, and I was also confused. So don't feel bad about that. Because <laughs> it's like, it's the same thing with the British office, like the real version. I feel like it's just a bunch of mumbling and jokes that aren't jokes, but people laugh. And like, oh, I don't know. Again, maybe it just doesn't well, translate it, well, to it, me. It's like, like we're, well, it's different cultures anyway. So everyone has a different sense of humor. So like British sense of humor is completely different from the American style, probably sense of humor. And so I, I, I did. I didn't. I was not. I, I watched this and I just was like, I don't understand what's going on here. And uh, let's just get the show started. OK, <laughs> just had to bring it up just to let everybody know that the British office fucking sucks. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Jim and Pam, Jim and Pam, Jim and right. Pam, Dwight, 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 yeah. Dwight, Dwight. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hardworking and jackhammer guys. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but now we get to the wrestling kinda. Uh, we got Dave Mastiff versus Jack Gallagher to open the show here. So you're you've never seen any of these progress shows, but you're diving right into all of the progress tropes and just the general environment of these shows. A lot of. Chanting from the crowd, a lot of crowd participation. We get a Nigel Thornberry chant. I did not notice that one. Yeah, that was one of the only ones I caught. Um, this Jack Gallagher, I guess he looks, he has the mustache and the small body. All right. And All right. So, so you're saying, why, you're saying Nigel Thornberry. Well, there's a song. I'm just going to get off to a quick tangent here. It's called uh-huh. Smang It Girl. And it mentions the wild thornberries in it. It is what, the most it? indie music video. It's like a rap song <laughs> by Young what's Humma. The, what's it called again? Smang It Girl. Mm. I'll give it a listen. I'll give it a listen. Maybe we'll just make it a bed underneath our our episode here, just in the background. It is the one of the greatest uh, songs you've never heard of. <laughs> Have you heard the Nigel Thornberry like, remixes of songs? It'll be like... Um, Fuck, what's a what's a it'll be like a down with the sickness and it'll be like the beginning part of the song. And then when it gets to the ooh, it's like it's like Nigel Thornberry's. It's the most hilarious shit. It's as like Adele 
songs and Taylor Swift songs, and it'll be like, so call me blah, you know, so it's gosh, I don't know if it translates me doing it, but go go YouTube it. It's it's a good listen. And I got to give you a shout out as I saw on TikTok your hardcore Holly impressions. The stand. God, those are great. <laughs> I hate that. That's that is the some thing of the that greatest. That's some, that's some of the greatest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. I, I swear. The cat uh, with, with your cats. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. If you haven't already checked that out. Oh, my gosh. TikTok at apron bump. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know why that's the thing people latch on to, but it's an easy thing to do. You literally just do anything and put your hands <laughs> by your stand there. <laughs> Endless content. <laughs> um, man, well, no hardcore Holly in this match, unfortunately, but we got dude, we got Dave Mastiff and Jack Gallagher. Honestly, the match itself isn't really like important here. You got Jack Gallagher, who's way smaller than Dave Mastiff. He's like rolling to evade Dave and you know, the ref makes does a roll. Dave does a roll. They're all rolling all over the place. It's a lot of banter and shenanigans. It um, reminds me of like a Cole Cabana match in America. Yeah. Or a, uh, yeah. Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. like that kind of style. Very uh, banter heavy, as they say. But there is one point. There is one part where uh, Dave has Jack down on his back. And he do the spot where the guy in the bottom bridges up and yes. stands on his neck. And then the other guy like jumps on him and then he holds him up with his neck. Well, Jack fucking Gallagher, who I don't know, it's probably like 150 is doing it with Dave Mastiff, who's they said 19 stone. I don't know how many. Oh, he's pushing yeah. like 300 plus pounds here. Yeah, easy. At least. So that was super impressive. Gallagher hey. holding him up with his neck. Mm-hmm. I got to say this, the, the facial hair in this match, this match was maybe not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but the facial hair in this match was on point. Yeah. Mustache yeah. You, versus the wondrous beard. Well, where, where do you lean as far as like, do you go more curly mustache or big beard? I'd rather big beard. I like big beard better. I can't, yeah. I can't do the mustache. I can't. I've never been one of those guys. Right. You see, the mustache is my strong suit, but I can't like, I hate growing it out because it like gets in your mouth and shit. Mm-hmm. Well, mine looks like when I have a mustache, I had one in college. It looks mm. like I own an ice cream van. Not an ice cream truck, an ice cream van. It's the ice cream van. You're you're so, giving it. <laughs> so yeah, a very trustworthy person. So I guess like a very- something like that. Well, uh, the story here is uh, Zach Gibson comes out towards the end of this match. Now, Zach Gibson is a part of the Origin faction. The Origin, which uh, we'll see them later in the show, is Nathan Cruz, Zach Gibson. Uh, Legero, it's just those three at this point. Zach Gibson sees all the shenanigans and the tomfoolery happening, and uh, he's like, hey, you, you, you are two of the best wrestlers in the world, but you're just making a joke of this whole thing. And the origin, like, their whole thing is that they're sick of, like, the, the comedy, the, the, the laughs, the, the good times that progress usually brings them, and they're, they're more about the serious wrestling. But yeah, so Zach Gibson comes out, calls the fans a bunch of hipster cunts and uh, tells, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, it's not the farthest thing from the truth, but uh, <laughs> Dave and Jack are both looking at him and uh, Dave Mastiff headbutts Jack Gallagher in the back of the head and locks in a guillotine 
and makes Gallagher pass out, gets the win with the distraction from Zach Gibson. And uh, it's like, it was Mastiff a part of the origin now? What's the deal? Now Matt Mastiff grabs a mic, cuts a promo on how he hates London, how he hates the fans, and uh, he's a progress original. And he's, he's progress, the origin is progress, the fans are not progress. And uh, yeah, so I guess we have Mastiff joining this faction, and we'll see them later in the show. But uh, yeah, yeah, Mastiff thoughts? pulled double duty here tonight. Yeah, I mean, the first duty was a lot of rolling and twiddling. There was, there was, uh, the, be fully honest, this match was a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was they, purely to set up this angle. It was literally, the first half was them just goofing around. And the second yeah. half was Gibson cutting a promo and then the turn. And then yeah. uh, the one thing about the guillotine I didn't like was Gallagher was passed out like in two seconds. Well, Dave Mastiff's a big boy, you see. I don't think guillotines put you out that quick. I've been put in plenty of guillotines. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't want to know your kinks. Not like that. No, 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 not I'll, in the bedroom. What you nah, do man. behind closed doors is not my business. Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new series coming up. No, never mind. It, it's behind the paywall, though. So, Yeah, you got you to gotta pay $9.99 at least. Well, that's a steal to see you choke jerk. Anyways, next match. <laughs> Speaking of masturbate, we got Tyler Bate. Come on now, folks. Uh, <laughs> the Natural Progression Series. It's a quarterfinal match. We got the debuting Tyler Bate versus Pastor William Ever. So, uh, I don't, you, may, you may have... Music choices were here were good. Dude, Tyler Bate coming out the sledgehammer. 18-year-old... Thick-legged Tyler Bate coming out here, man. Gosh, yeah, boy, he was thick. <laughs> like if Them I could have legs. those legs, I, I wish I had those legs. It's like, can you just give me part of your legs, please? <laughs> like that to be your legs, or do you just yes. want his legs? I well, either want to just have his leg as a lamp, like in a Christmas Story. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> Tyler Bate a little, lamp. A little psychotic. Okay, let's take a turn. But anyways, <laughs> uh, wrestling. So. The Natural Progression series is a uh, it's kind of like the breakout tournament in NXT. It's generally newer guys, uh, less less uh, exposed guys that get a chance to shine here, which is weird to say about Tyler Bate in this instance. But I guess he is only 18. So um, it's crazy because I know when he debuted in WWE, he was like 19. So I, di I didn't realize we're so close to that. I guess we're like a year away from the initial uh, NXT UK tournament, which I guess they really didn't start the brand until the next year. So I guess it makes sense. But and he was the inaugural uh, NXT UK champion, if I remember right. Inaugural and last. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff there. Some, we got a pastor bait or masturbate chance here. So. <laughs> that was when I, when I first heard it. I was like, oh, masturbate, of course. Like how many how many times does he get this? But it was pastor bait is pastor William Weaver, Tyler Bay. It's kind of funny. That was pretty clever. Um, personal Jesus was a good choice too. Oh yeah, dude. Jesus is over in <laughs> this <laughs> this ballroom here, man. They love them some. G well, half of them because half of them were chanting Jesus sucks, but <laughs> which is just a. Uh, he was saving people on the way to the ring too. <laughs> they doing a little like <laughs> yeah, he'd like touch him, him and he's down. like, oh yeah, <laughs> couldn't do that today probably. Um. But yeah, fun chain wrestling and stuff. 
I mean, you could tell right away, like the charisma of Tyler Bate. Like, I don't know what it is, just like how he moves, how he interacts with the crowd, like his strength, his speed. Like, I don't know. Did did, did you sense it here that he was going to be? I guess, you know, in hindsight, but yeah, in hindsight. But I felt like I'm watching it. I'm like, I get it. I get it. Like that dropkick nip up. Damn, that was smooth. Yeah, that was. He also had like a diving uppercut. And I almost, I dare say it could have been better than Cesaro's or Claudio's. I'm fighting words, but uh, yeah, I don't want to get uppercutted by Claudio because <laughs> he's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a fine match. It's, it's not a lot of substance to this. It was kind of more just an introduction to Tyler Bate and just a uh, a way to further Bill Ever here so uh tyler kind of has the advantage in the beginning with all the chain wrestling and stuff he's kind of showing off his offense but then the pastor makes a comeback goes for the last supper which is a cross power bomb do you get it and uh because <laughs> he's jesus. lots of jesus references here yeah a uh tyler bait picks him up for the mustache ride which is uh i believe that was the airplane spin right Yes, that correct. Well, that, there's also mustache ride in other in other ways, but uh, there is. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this this ride was very, very uh, spinning. Yeah, no, it was uh, not the kind of mustache ride I prefer, but teach their <laughs> own teach their own. Uh, Tyler Bate goes for a moonsault, but misses. And then Believer hits the clothesline from heaven for the win and commentary Damn near blows my eardrums out. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I should not have been wearing headphones watching this. Oh my man. gosh, dude, dude! I just figured this out. I, I am, I might be the biggest dumbass on planet Uh-oh. Earth. Bill Ever, I, I didn't realize that meant believer. So somebody, scared. I had a guest on that actually told me that, and I didn't put the two and two together either. So. You're not the only one. I'm, I might still today not have realized it had they not told me. So, but yeah, it's pretty clever, right? Believer. Yes. But that uh, that clothesline was good shit. I, I mean, it was all the way from heaven. So you got to figure it's got to be fairly strong, right? Well, yeah, it's not. It's not. JBL's from hell. So it's. it's yeah, that's no, a completely different move. Not even close. Um, yeah. But then, uh, yeah, so Pastor William Ever wins. Moves on to the semifinals, uh, but Bait gets like a standing ovation. And even Jim Smallman, who I don't know if you gathered this or not, he's the one of the co-owners of Progress and he's doing all the introductions and stuff like that. But he, he takes the time to grab the mic and say that Tyler Bate is one of the most talented men he's ever seen and that he has a hell of a future, which uh, spot on there, Jimmy. Like, yeah, he was I was I was impressed. I was like, OK, this is I can see why this guy is going to have a bright future ahead of him. Cause I just like, just, you could see like you were saying with the charisma and everything, you could just, yeah. Yeah. He just, he had that, uh, was it that, that intangible factor or whatever you want to call it? Like you just felt mm-hmm. he had it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He just had a unique look and everything. It's like he had, there was no like anything like super like pizzazzy or whatever about him. He was just solid mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. He almost, he has like an old school look. Like just mm-hmm. how he's proportioned, but he also has like the modern style to it. And he just has like a likable presence to it. I don't know what it is, but 
Uh, it's panned out for him so far. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he continues because, you know, now that he's in NXT US, hopefully they don't just drop him after they unify the titles because he has a uh, I mean, he could be a major baby face if they uh, if they let him. So I have hope with Triple H in charge. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's kind of bomb that they let Tyler uh, or Trent Seven go because I feel like if, if anything else, they could have attacked. I know they were feuding on NXT UK, but they could have brought them back together, be a team or even brought that feud over to the NXT. But they, um, they could have used them on the main roster, to be honest. Yeah, a long time ago, they could have like tag. They, they like the tag depth on the main roster is so bad still that they need to probably bring somebody up. And yeah, the, the Usos aren't getting beat anytime soon, it feels like. So, well, they're slowly rebuilding. You got like maximum male models and Los Lotharios like Hit Row and Street Profits. Like they're all getting screen time, at least. So they're they're doing a little something. But mm-hmm. I agree. And then we got Gargano back, too. So that's cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe WWE could use the geezers. Right? No. <laughs> Let me. What are you, what are your thoughts on Sebastian and Tom Irvin, the geezers? I honestly, I didn't find them that funny. Are they annoying? I was annoyed by them. This is it was just stupid stuff the whole match. <laughs> Literally, this was what the was dumbest, stupid like, about like, it. Everything. Like well, I got. There's like it was just a lot of the slip and slide part, and then the just the the Windsor's moon full moon. The eclipse mm-hmm. was funny for like 10 seconds. And then I'm like, can you just get his pants pulled up, please? Yeah. At some point, it's just to, sexual assault. I, <laughs> I, I don't eyes. need to see this for this long. I am permanently scarred by the paleness and I'm pale. I'm I'm a pale person. Yeah. And that was bothering me even. It was just not a good ass. I'm just going to. That's all I got to say. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just kind of just jumping into it. But uh, to get to that ass, see, we'll start at the end and work our way back. Um, so first of all, the match is the geezers versus the team of Rampage Brown and Jonathan Windsor. So, Lord. Uh, sorry, <laughs> how dare I? Lord Jonathan Windsor, the second. Um, so originally it was going to be Rampage and Martin Kirby, but uh, Martin Kirby was unable <clears throat> was unable to be there for whatever reason. So uh, he was replaced last minute with Jonathan Windsor, who I guess is like a trainer. So he was just there. He's like, hey, put on your stupid velvet tights and go out there. Yeah, I was like, I thought, yeah, I was like, it had to be like velvet or something. It was, I thought it was like suede or almost or something like that. I'm like, what is this? Do you know those like drawstring bags that like you put dice in and stuff? It's like, um, oh yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Crown Royal bottles, I think, coming them too. Yeah, it's like what he was wearing. It looked like that. It's like, okay, give me a bottle of Crown Royal and I'm going to put, I'm going to make those my tights. I'm going to put my balls in them. Yeah, Uh, it probably it'd probably be pleasant, pretty comfortable. That's actually a damn good point. He was probably feeling pretty nice out there. Um, Getting his getting a lot of air to his ass. That's for sure. So Mm -hmm. there was almost too much ass shown. (laughs) That's arguably way too much ass. It was it was getting borderline. I'm like, okay, I'm about to see something I don't want to see. Probably. Oh, there was at least a, a quarter taint. In there, <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. Um, but first of all, so the geezers come out. Uh, they're still dressed up in their getup from the or like the opening <laughs> skit with the office. 
Tom Irvin's out there, I guess, dressed as David Brent, who is the main character of The Office. Uh, And he's riding an emu. I I didn't know what it was until they said it on commentary. I thought it was a duck. But then people started chanting emu. I felt like a real idiot. Um, So Tom Irvin gets in there. So it's like one of the. It's like a like a costume where it's like he puts it on, but there's like little legs at the side. So it looks like a guy's riding an emu. It's fun. We're having fun. He gets in there. He takes the little leg and super kicks Jim Smallman with it. Smallman no sells it. And uh, let's see here. I'm just going to read my notes here. The officials took it. They took it away from him. He's like, you got to take it off now. Well, they let him wrestle in it for a little bit. I think it just got carried away at some point. Well, use the beak. Yeah, that's. That, that that's a, a, an inanimate object, a foreign object. Can't have that. This is proper wrestling. Uh, we are in Europe. We're proper over here. We're okay? making progress. Okay. Yes. So you get it. You're catching on. Uh, so Tom's on the apron, still dresses the emu. He's he's dancing. Uh, waddles over to Jonathan Windsor. It's like, hey, what are you wearing? You look silly. It's funny because he looks silly as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian goes for a roll up and uh, pulls Windsor's tights down. So his whole asshole is showing, gives him a chop on the ass. Uh, and then Windsor refuses to pull his trunks up. So his cottage cheese ass is just it's like not like oh, obese, but it's like just not like I don't want to see this. You know, Dad bod. Yeah, it's like a normal guy. It's like probably what my ass looks like. You know, <laughs> okay. well, well, you do. You, you see your own ass. So you, you you would know. I do. I do. I stay looking at my own ass. You're right. Um, you're an ass man. <laughs> uh, Billy ass would approve. Yeah. Scissor me, daddy ass, as the kids say. So speaking of scissoring, we got an emu attack from the emu onto Jonathan Windsor. And then the ref makes tom take off the emu and then windsor this dastardly son of a bitch stomps the head of the emu commentary screaming the crowd screaming he's just murdered this emu i'm just rolling my eyes the whole time (laughs) you're like oh progress wrestling i'm sure that's a we're gonna get a lot of good wrestling on this show and then you have emus getting stomped well now the fighting starts kind of uh, Rampage. So the whole dynamic is Rampage Brown. He's like one of the most beloved wrestlers on the roster. Um, big powerhouse guy. Jonathan Windsor is his dickhead, like almost like a regal kind of character. Mm-hmm. He's very snooty and all that shit. They don't want to team together. Windsor doesn't want to tag in Rampage. Rampage is just kind of like chilling on the apron. Uh, <laughs> the geezers do the uh, waza headbutt that they call the copyright infringement driver, which I think is fun. <laughs> and, uh, but instead of getting the tables, what do they get? Skylar, the slip and slide. That's right. The slip and slide, get the slip and slide. So, uh, they go under the ring, they pull out the slip and slide, they unroll it like diagonally across the ring. And, uh, rampage gets tagged in, but he gets tied up in the slip and slide and they just, I guess Windsor tags himself back in. Eventually, he ber- he berates Rampage. He's like, "What are you doing?" And then Rampage just clotheslines the shit out of him and walks away. Or he doesn't walk away. He kind of just gets out of the ring. 
Tom Irvin then lubes up the slip and slide. And then he tries to get Rampage to slide on it because they have Jonathan Windsor beaten in the corner on his ass. And uh, they're trying to get Rampage to slide into Windsor. But Rampage grabs Tom, throws him headfirst into the balls uh, of Jonathan Windsor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think better about make, that. Better make the cut. <laughs> or live, pal. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so Windsor's balls get uh, obliterated by the head of Tom Irvin. Super kick by Sebastian. Stunner by Tom Irvin. Double pin for the win. The geezers get the win. Four stars, five stars. What do you think about this one? Let's see. Well, they said five snowflakes. Mm. But what what would I I would give it? Slightly above Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan Halloween Havoc '98. Yeah, I mean negative negative three. This had entertainment value to it. In some ways, some I would still <laughs> say negative three. <laughs> I do love a good slip and slide on a wrestling. Oh, match. dude, that was funny. That was, that was funny. hilarious. Windsor's ass out for like the first 10 seconds was OK, but then it get, became like a minute. And I this felt like three minutes. And <laughs> at some point, it's like, OK, guy, we get the it. Sights burned in my head forever now. You're welcome. Maybe I'll make the, th- the thumbnail for this episode. We'll see. <laughs> Jonathan Windsor was it Jonathan Windsor. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Windsor's ass. Lord Jonathan Windsor. Lord Jonathan Windsor. I, God damn it. The third, <laughs> 11th son of Lord. Is that a Game Fried of Thrones Chicken. character? <laughs> I don't know. House Targaryen. Um, so now we got, well, kind of some wrestling. Eventually we get some wrestling in this next match. So we got Tommaso Ciampa versus Mark Haskins. So uh, apparently Champa's already appeared like in the Dusty Cup in, in NXT. I don't know if he's like has like an exclusive contract contract yet, um, but he mentions that he's with WWE at this point. So I guess he's on his way out if he's not already there. He's still actually, I, if I remember right, just I, if history serves me right here, because I remember I have a PWG uh, Battle of Los Angeles uh, DV uh, Blu-ray and. Mm-hmm. Champa wrestled on that one in 2016. Okay, yeah, this is no, like November of 2015, I believe. So I think that was like one of his last appearances because he was on PWG. He was doing all this WWE-ish stuff with doing the pedigree and all that <laughs> jazz. And he kind of he pulled out a little bit of that in this match too. Um, I So I don't know... Because we've had a lot of comedy <laughs> on this show, to say the least. I thought it was weird that they went the comedy route in this match, too, at least in the beginning. Did you? I thought uh, they should have kicked all ass. Like, just just go from the jump. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this, the, the majority of the match is very good, but it's weird. But I, I'm wondering if, like, that was the uh, intention. Because Champo is kind of... Because Mark Haskins, I don't know how familiar you are with Mark Haskins. I watched a little bit of him in Ring of Honor, but... Yeah, he's like very bare bones. He's like no nonsense kind of guy, martial art, mixed martial arts kind of guy. And uh, not a lot of the shenanigans are usually in his matches, at least on his part. Tommaso Champ is in there. He's like running around the ring. He's like getting the crowd to do the wave. He's like trying to kip up because like Haskins, they're like chain wrestling and Haskins kips up. And Champ is like, well, 
gee, I could do that too, but he like can't. And then he like gets Haskins and the ref to help him up. So there's like a lot of shenanigans in the beginning of the match. Arguably like too much. Rope break, 800 rope breaks. Yeah. <laughs> was like Champa would like offer up his arm for a hammer lock and then he would grab the rope immediately. Like, ah, like he's making a mockery of the whole thing. There's actually a we want wrestling chant at some point. So I think even the crowd was getting annoyed at this point. Did you catch that or not? Yeah, I, I didn't notice that, but it was like the first 10 minutes was comedy almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like and this I is the longest match of the night. Was it? Yeah, I believe that. I would argue I. I'm, like, I'm kind of shitting on it. It sounds like I am, but this might ultimately be my match of the night. This one. At this point, for sure it was. Well, it wasn't. There wasn't much to live up to beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, this one was. I felt like once they got out of the comedy stuff, they really kicked it into high gear. And then Champa mm-hmm. turning heel kind of mid match. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of like, I guess I don't know if that was the intention or if that's just kind of how. Because like I said, like Champa's being fun for the first few minutes. And then there's a we want wrestling chant by like a section of the crowd. And then Champa, he like tells everybody to be quiet. And he's like, I work for WWE. It's the ease entertainment. And then he gets in the ring. And then Mark Haskins is like, hey, I work for progress. This is progress. So that got a really good pop from the crowd, too. So at that point, it was like, okay, Mark Haskins is the good guy. Champa's the evil guy from WWE the sports entertainer guy. So I guess the dynamic was established at that point. But uh, after that, like I said, or like you said, it was great from that point. Um, anything stick out to you from this match particularly? Uh, Champa is uh, running knee on the outside. Who? Oh, yeah. That was like when he set Haskins on the chair and then did it. Yes. They did that multiple times during this show. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They're they're big into like fighting in the crowd and stuff like that. Oh, the knee, the. Uh, he was hanging upside down. Haskins was at one point and hit the running knee. Yeah. Yeah. Rope. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, brutal. It was like an instant switch in personality because he went from banter and comedy like to being just psychotic, which I use the psycho killer. That's like his theme song, too, and all that. So maybe that was the intention that he was just like an instant personality change, which I guess you know, if that's their intention, that was a good story on their part. Um, but then we got a lot, a lot of good strikes. I mean, Mark Haskins, he's an MMA guy. So he's throwing all these kicks and knees and, uh, got a lot of submissions in this match. Sharpshooter from Haskins. Uh, there's one point where Haskins goes for a tope through the middle rope, but does like a fake out. Champa goes like to the adjacent side and then Haskins follows him and does a tope over the top rope. Uh, there's one point, I think it was Champa did a front suplex on Haskins, like into the ring post. Which yes, looks pretty brutal. Yeah, I saw that. That was one of the other spots I think I remember from that match. Really, uh, really standing out. And mm-hmm. he, he did an air raid crash onto a chair too. Ooh, Chip yeah. Did. And it's like it's like a basketball court <laughs> type of floor. I, I couldn't tell if he went through the chair or on the floor. Either way, it couldn't have been uh, pleasant. But mm-hmm. got pretty brutal when they got to the outside and. Uh, Back in the ring, lots of crazy strikes and reversals. You got Champa throwing forearms, and then Haskins will come back with a kick. So they kind of go back and forth like that. Um, Haskins locks in a triangle, but uh, gets or Champa fights out of it. Hits a suplex GTS, and then a Project Champa, which is like a power bomb into a backbreaker for a, a two count, which was impressive. And then uh, goes for the Project Champa again, but Haskins evades it. Hits a Death Valley driver 
and makes the pin. Champa kicks out at two, but Haskins transitions right into a flipping armbar, I guess, which is like I think Fujiwara's, what, right? Yeah, but it's like he like flips over him, so his belly's facing the sky, and it's like what Champa I think was his original finisher, at least in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, puts him in it a few times because Champa keeps fighting out of it, but the third time. Haskins locks it in and captures both arms and forces Champa to submit. So, uh, yeah, once they kicked it into gear, I thought this match was great. Yeah, like it kicked it. It was kicking. It was. Yeah, once they kicked it in high gear, like you said, it just they kicked all the asses pretty much. Yeah. And I like like the the different styles we saw more so from like. So we saw Haskins with the MMA style and then Champa. Champa's always been kind of. Much more stiff worker than uh, like a for WWE guy. He was he's much more stiff than usual. Yeah. How do you think the, how do you think Champa here compares with his current kind of style? I think I like honestly I like Champa now better than I did then. Mm-hmm. Like at least let's say let's go back two years ago. That was like. Three, I say three years ago. Three years ago was peak champ, I think. Yeah. Stuff with Gargano, stuff with like when he was NXT champion the first time, pretty much that whole yeah. reign. Yeah. That's really when he came into his zone as a character, for sure. But in ring, yeah, the here, abs too. Oh, man. The abs, the, uh, the baby, baby oil, the beard, all of it. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, so after the match, so Haskins wins and, uh, Haskins grabs a mic after the match and he's like, I don't care who you are, where you've been or where you're going. Don't come into my home and fuck with me or these people ever again. And Champa's like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> and then they shake. Like, Damn, man. <laughs> it really sunned him in the middle of the ring there. But I guess whatever. He's in this home. Um, so that was it made that made Haskins look like a million bucks because he like easy sympathy with the crowd. The crowd's all behind him. Had a badass match. Got the win. So really good match for Haskins, who's coming off the last chapter. He was in the main event for the world title and he lost that match, but he's definitely uh, got more momentum at this point now. So uh, but the champ grabs a mic and he's like, hey, I may not be back, but uh, progress is my home away from home. So he kind of leaves with the sympathy from the crowd, too. So it's kind of a weird like he started phase and went healed went phase. So it's kind of I guess his, his stay there is pretty temporary. So I guess it doesn't matter. He did much, a double but. turn. He really big showed the shit out of <laughs> this show. <laughs> well, it's champ. Oh. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. the champ show tonight, y'all. <laughs> yeah, they could work. Tom- well, it's Tommaso. Yeah, that could be something. That could be something. Hey, somebody edit a, uh, a remix and then we'll send it into the dub. Yeah, it needs to be his new theme song moving forward. Get him away from the Miz. Yes, yes, absolutely. Let him be his own guy. Put him with the big show. I mean, let him be his own guy is what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess the, the second half of the show. First match, we got Marty Skrull versus Flash Morgan Webster. What are, what are your thoughts on Marty Skrull? I feel like he's kind of a divisive, divisive guy. I mean, you know, speaking out stuff aside, I guess, I guess outside of that. Yeah, I, I feel like he's a pretty good professional wrestler outside of 
all that, which you can say honestly about a lot of these guys on the show, because you realize yeah. well, you look at the, a lot of these guys on the show, it's like, yep, that he was a call. He was called on, out on speaking out. He was called out on speaking mm-hmm. out all that. But besides that, scroll, scrolls a really good rep professional wrestler. He's nothing like incredibly flashy, flashy. I feel like his character is more, well, his, uh, him he's more character driven than he is actually like wrestling driven yeah like he, he's a really good character it's a, his wrestling is it's very i don't know how to say british style pretty much mm-hmm. yeah he, he could definitely like kick it in high gear when he wants to but yeah i agree he's definitely more of a character than anything else he's very grounded he's not gonna get like do anything super flashy mm-hmm. right. outside of his like normal like uh transition like the the wrestling early in the match pretty much mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah at this Your point thoughts? yeah marty Scur- I, I like marty Skrull. he's um yeah i mean obviously i wish he'd be a better human being but uh mm-hmm. yeah I, I i enjoy watching him in the ring i think his character translates pretty well i mean as far as like the finger snapping and the the chain wrestling and all that stuff i think it all Meshes pretty well. I think this match with Morgan Webster was solid. They're uh, at this point. So Jimmy Havoc was like the big heel for the first 20 chapters, basically. And uh, Havoc just lost the Progress Championship a few chapters ago. And he's kind of had a babyface turn to the last chapter. So I, they're, they're at this point where I guess they're trying to establish the new top heel. And it seems like Marty Skrull is entering that slot because at the last chapter so are you familiar familiar with chris travis at all no no so he was a guy he was in a tag team uh project ego uh he got stomach cancer and eventually he he like beat it came back had a match at the last chapter against marty Skrull. And it's like, oh, he just beat cancer. We're going to have a good exhibition match. Well, at the end of the match, Marty Skrull just brutally beats the shit out of him, puts him in the chicken wing, kicks him in the stomach, <laughs> kicks him in the cancer, and uh, let, let, they carry him out. It's a whole thing. And then a few weeks after that, his cancer came back, and then he ends up passing away a few months later. So. Oh, my God. Pretty intense. And Marty Skrull, I, I, I guess he's trying he's try to take credit for it. Not to, he didn't say, like, oh, I gave him the cancer back or whatever. But oh, I killed the guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's something. But, um, yeah, he's dastardly at this point, to say the least. He's the and, villain. <laughs> you know what? He's, he really put it out there in front of me, and I didn't take it seriously. But I guess he's the villain. Um, but he's in a match with Morgan Webster here. And uh, Morgan Webster, who won the last Natural Progression series. And when you win that tournament, you get a title match at some point. But Webster hasn't gotten his title match yet. So I don't know what they're waiting on there. But um, match is solid. You got Webster with his normal offense. If you see him on NXT UK, you pretty much know what to expect from him. Uh, he had this new- uh, cool little uh, flipping senton he had. Special brew, they yeah. called it. Yeah, yeah. I got to say this about Webster real quick. Uh, flash morgan webster he i think he was born in the wrong era yeah because <laughs> he looks like he would fit in it with the beatles yeah he looks like I, a beetle do you do you happen to know what a mod is because he's the I, mod father so it's like I, I think that's like tied into the beatles somehow maybe i i don't understand that really but 
I don't know anything about anything, so I could be totally off. But uh, well, I'm not up with the lingo from these kids these days. Yeah, normally I have a British person on and they school me on it, but just got stupid ass Skylar here. Um, dumbass, <laughs> dumbass. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, because uh, Webster comes out with his helmet, you know, because he's a mod. I guess mods have helmets, and. Uh, <laughs> Marty grabs it like they start wrestling. Marty grabs his helmet, throws it at him, and then the ref gets distracted by it and he pokes him in the eye. Then like Marty will go outside and he like unties the ring skirt and throws it off. So the ref goes out there to tie it back. Like, doesn't the ref have more things to be concerned about than tying on the ring skirt? But he gets he's distracted. A by him. He, he's, a, he's about as big as dumbass as uh, AEW officials. Yeah, <laughs> he's Aubrey Edwards in this shit out of this match. Rick Knox. Oh, man. Jim Ross lets him have it every time. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, we get some uh, umbrella chokes. Really, the story here is Marty Skrull just trying to do every heel tactic in the book. <laughs> Morgan Webster goes up to the top to try to go for the 450 splash. Marty grabs his jacket, throws it on him, and then pushes him off and hits a superplex. Um, we got uh, submissions, your counters and submissions, a chicken wing into a cross face, into a cattle mutilation. But Webster fights out, but gets his fingers broken. And then uh, Marty like finagles his way around the ref to hit Webster with two low blows. Rolls him up with his feet on the ropes. So literally everything he could do as a heel and uh, gets the win that way with that roll up. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, we learned uh, after this match that Flash Morgan Webster no longer could have kids. <laughs> I guess not. Really took a beating. His nuts took it. His nuts uh, took a big beating. He has several testicles at this point now. Well, thank goodness uh, Marty didn't use the umbrella on it. On the nuts. Yeah. Trying to think what would be worse, an umbrella or a foot. Maybe that's an experiment we need to do, but. Or a foot umbrella. There we go. Now we're thinking. See, these are the ideas. These are the like ideas. one of those umbrellas you put on the fruity drinks. <laughs> See, I don't think that would hurt if you got hit in the balls, unless you got poked in them. Well, if it's sharp. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point. I never really thought about it that way. Stabbing motion. <laughs> Nobody was stabbed in this match, but otherwise, any other thoughts on it? Well, I thought it was pretty good. I I, I didn't mind the the cheating really because it's the, they're trying to establish the character more than anything. It's he's the villain, so he's gonna do every possible cheating tactic there is mm -hmm. to get a win, and so it worked here. Morgan Webster didn't lose anything really here. If I not that I'm like up and up on progress. Or progress, progress. I don't whatever, know either. Whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> I feel like Morgan didn't lose anything here because literally Skrull had to ch use every single kind of tactic, cheating tactic to win. So I thought mm -hmm. Morgan looked pretty good here. Uh, Web Morgan Webster looked pretty good here, though. Yeah. And apparently it was his first loss ever in progress. So it really took everything to uh, accomplish that. And I think because Marty Skrull also has been on a bit of a losing streak as well. So it kind of represented the desperation on Marty's part to get the win here. So solid, solid storytelling there. And then uh, Marty grabs the mic after the match because he's the villain. He's been the villain for a while, but it had been just kind of like a tongue in cheek thing. He still like was 
played to the crowd. He was kind of a not really a baby face, not really a heel. He's kind of just Marty, the villain. It's fun. But he's really trying to drive the point home that, hey, I call myself the villain, but it's not just a gimmick. I'm in real life. I'm a piece of shit, which we learned later. Yep, you're kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> not a gimmick, I suppose. But um, yeah, but now he's in Puerto Rico. Is he? What was what was Skrull doing nowadays? I think he's in Puerto Rico wrestling for the CWC, which is, I think, for Car- Carlos Colon's old company. Mm, is he going to end Long- up wrestling Ric Flair? God, please no. Did you see that? How Flair and uh, Carlos Colon got into a thing? Please. Af- just after his last of, match. For the love of God. It's no. <laughs> Man, no. One more match. One more match, Nate. Just one How more. Many- how many times do we have to tell you, old man? <laughs> Lots until he wants to die in the ring. He won't be satisfied until he dies in the ring. Gosh, can we just no? Just give it up. But speaking of dying in the ring, uh, Champa comes out like, wanting to kill Marty Skrull. Marty scurries. <laughs> Marty scurries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marty scurries. T-shirt. <laughs> Uh, that would be a good gimmick. He just runs away from his opponents and gets counted out every match. Um, but I guess they, they eventually they announce that it's going to be Marty versus Champa at the next chapter. So I guess Tommaso's not quite done yet. So uh, that's a thing that happened. Oh, you have that to look forward to next. Should be a good one. Should be a good one. They're really building up Champa, Champa here as a uh, a world beater. So mm-hmm. he's a psycho killer. That's what they say. The Sicilian psychopath. This Tommy Chaps. I like that nickname better. Yeah, it's a little it's kind of it's kind of like cute, you know, and I don't know if that's what he's going for, but well, Italians. So you kind of. Hey. Right. Yeah. Well, some Pizza. Italians are psychopaths, though. Yeah. Shout out Frank from last minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, after that, we got an eight man tag team match. The London Riots. And the Sumerian Death Squad versus the Origin. So uh, the Death Squad, of course, the team of Michael Dante and Tommy End, a.k.a. Malachi Black. So um, chaos, I guess, would be how how to describe this. There was no structure here. (laughs) Zero structure. It was very much a street fight. It wasn't built as a street fight, but goddamn it, it was a street fight. Could I, could I could I give you kind of a summation of this match pretty much? Please do, because I don't know how to sum this up. Okay, so this was what this is what I saw. Chaos, chaos. Mm-hmm. Everyone get their shit in. Let's go home. <laughs> that was, I mean. Yeah. I'm looking at my notes. That's pretty much what I have too. I mean, you got people fighting in the chairs, like getting suplexed onto the chairs that are ringside that are set up. You got um Rob Lynch who is one half of the London riots. I guess he suffered a neck injury at one of the, uh, they do these endeavor shows, which are like kind of in between the chapters and Lynch got German on his neck at that show. And I, I don't think he broke his neck, but he got, had to get carried out. So they alluded to that here. Cause Lynch got German on his neck again, but the ref calls for help. Everybody comes out the backstage, <laughs> like everybody, all the agents or whatever, they carry him out. And then as he's like on the stage, which is like elevated, Laguero follows him and beats on Lynch as he's injured, trying to get carried out. But Rob Lynch regenerates 
He uh, he fights back and he picks up Legero over his head, tosses him off the stage onto everybody else. Legero didn't even like Legero. No one caught him, really. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, he's not one of the better people either. So yeah, you could say that about well, I guess it's only like two of them in this match, but which is a good percentage. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got like Tommy End and Nathan Cruz fighting by the bar, which was yes. fun. Um, just trying to get a beer, man. You got these fucking tattooed assholes fighting over here. You could tell uh, End was going to be pretty big deal, I think, during this. Oh, dude, yeah. When you had, like, in the beginning of the match, when it was, like, James Davis, Rob Lynch, Michael Dante, and Tommy End, they were, like, standing shoulder to shoulder. You're like, yeah, Tommy End's the star here, for sure. Well, he has the most unique look out of any of those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess... Yeah. His back tattoo wasn't even filled in yet. No, he's still... Uh, I mean, that dude gets new tattoos every day, so... Um, but yeah. But he's still... Like, in the ring, he still, like, had the skills of the Malachi plaque of today, so he was fun to watch. But yeah, like you said, everybody's just getting their shit in. There's one point where... Because most of the match is them just fighting all over the arena. But they get back in the ring, and everybody just take turns, takes turns hitting their big moves. You got a bunch of jumping knees from Tommy End. You got a... Saito suplex from Michael Dante to Dave Mastiff, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Cruz hits his show stolen, which is like a fireman's carry slam. And then um, at some point, Michael Dante gets gangbanged in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did this make Brazzers? Shit, I might have had the wrong tab open for this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's up? No, I just said, did it make Brad? I was like, is it make Brad? <laughs> what other what other companies did it make? Oh, All of them. Uh, Bang Bros? PissDaddy.com? I don't know. <laughs> Piss Daddy. It's, not, it's, it's an off-brand version of GoDaddy, just the triple X. <laughs> well, no, that's, that, that's your OnlyFans podcast. Instead of Sig Daddy, it's Piss Daddy. <laughs> Piss Daddy. Whoa. Nothing wrong with the golden shower, man. <laughs> right? Lose man. Uh, I don't know about that. But. Well, no pissing in this match, but uh, I don't think it was. But Dante is in the middle. Every, all the origin guys are surrounding him. They can't keep him down. They go for like a uh, a four way splash. Like Dante's in the middle of the ring. They all like hit the ropes at the same time. I guess all hit him at the same time. I don't know logistically how that would have worked out, but uh, <laughs> Dante avoids it and. Uh, Eventually, all the other guys get in there to make the save. Weird finish to this match. So Dave Mastiff rolls up. So Michael Dante and Rob Lynch, who are on the same team, are bickering with each other for whatever reason. Uh, But then as they're like bickering back and forth, Mastiff just rolls up Tommy End while they're distracted and gets the quick win out of nowhere. So uh, I guess uh, they're, they're, they're building tension between the London riots and the SDS here, which is the story. It just feels like the only reason this match existed, but yeah. And the, I'll say what I'll say about the, uh, the, the origin. Damn. They had some heat. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely the, the top faction, the top heel faction at this point. Like I was impressed. Like they got some real, like normally, no, not normally, but there at times you don't see like these big heel factions get reactions like this, but they were getting booed out of the building. Yeah, no, it's definitely well, no um, one like Zach Gibson. It sound, it pretty much. Looked yeah. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, that carried over into WWE for a while. So 
I guess this is the start did, of he it. was in WWE. I didn't even realize that. Zach Gibson? Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't. <laughs> so he was uh, in NXT UK. He was, I believe, part of the first, Grizzled Young Veterans, first ever UK tag team champions. And then they brought him over to NXT and they didn't really do anything with him. Now they are the henchmen for Joe Gacy on NXT. And uh, yes, yeah, so that's a thing. For whatever fucking reason, I've never been a. I've I've watched some of Joe Gacy's, not not a lot of Joe Gacy stuff, but he seems like he's the same character as he was like when he was in CZW. Oh, I haven't seen that, but I can. I've watched a little bit of CZ. I've watched. I've been. I've watched some CZW with him in it, and he actually Uh had a death. Jonathan Gresham was actually involved in a death match with him at one point. Yeah, a lot of people went through CZW more than I <laughs> realized. Adam Cole, there's just most of AJ the ROH Styles guys. wrestled there at certain points. Yeah, pretty much like all the guys that came up from Ring of Honor, like they at least went through CZW for a little bit. Um, yeah, like KO and El Generico, the luchador. Yeah, <laughs> whatever happened to him? No, he, I think he's a part of a. This, it's it's full. It's a line, but with not some bodily fluid. Oh, come line. Come line. Yes. <laughs> is, that, is that the Nick Cannon sequel? <laughs> well, I guess we'll call this kids. That's something, oh, right? Yeah, that, that could that could be a joke. The, 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 the ingredients are there. Come line. All he has like nine kids. Mm-hmm. Somebody make what? that a joke. There's there's somebody with. Well, they're also got to think about the Anoa'i family. There's like 800 people in it. Yeah. No, I mean. Uh, yeah, Sam. Sammy's probably related somehow. <laughs> Some branch <laughs> way down the line, some thin little branch on the corner here. It's probably is probably fucked Nia Jax or something. I don't know. But um, anyways, so <laughs> yeah, the origin <laughs> gets I like how we got Nia Jax somehow worked into this. I didn't think Nia Jax is going to come up in this discussion, I'm gonna be honest, but she did. She finds her way somehow. Um, I'm going to end up injured from this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> any other thoughts on this? This chaotic match? Uh, I, 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 I. I was I kind of made a comment after this is like I'm like I'm liking this second half of the show a lot better than the first half. Oh yeah. Like outside of the no structure, pretty much no structure to this match outside of the brawl and then everyone getting their stuff in. Mm-hmm. It I, I still enjoyed this a lot more than what I did in the first three and a half matches. So I'll take yeah. this every day. Yeah, the pacing of the show is weird. Like I said, it was just a lot of comedy and the like comedy, comedy, comedy. Like it's not like staggered once spread out. Yeah, it was, it was weird. At some point, it got, got exhausting after a while. They they, un, they unload. They uh, blew their load early on comedy. They sure did. They sure did. Um, but that brings us to the main event. The Progress Championship is on the line. We got our champion, Will Ospreay versus Paul Robinson. Doggy. <laughs> so well, Will Ospreay, who's in the uh, headlines recently after getting brutally, brutally assaulted online by Kevin Nash and uh, Paul Robinson, who's out there somewhere doing stuff. You familiar with Paul Robinson at all? Not really. I almost thought he was Martin Kirby for a second. You know, he kind of they're not that far off. They're both bald. I remember Martin Kirby, like, uh, I didn't watch a lot of it, but it was WCPW. Okay. What yeah, yeah. Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I, right. Because they had, like, I think uh, Ross had, like, an obsession with him, with Martin right. Kirby. Yeah, yeah. King Ross, as you like to call him. 
of course, of course, you gotta have respect. Um, it's John o'clock, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch WCPCW. What's it? Was it W? WCPW. WCPW. Maybe that's why they aren't a thing anymore. Is because it's too hard to say. They changed um, it to Do- Defiant, I think, or something. Yes, that's right. I knew they had it was Kurt Angle else. and Cody Rhodes wrestle on that. <laughs> this is so random. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, so the backstory here: Will Ospreay, new newish champion, he won it at Chapter Twenty by beating Jimmy Havoc. Paul Robinson was like the henchman of Jimmy Havoc, and uh, but Chapter Twenty One, Havoc and Robinson basically broke up. And then they had a brutal street fight, which Paul Robinson weirdly won, like pretty uh, defiantly, you know, pardon the pun. But uh, yeah, he kicked the shit out of Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy, he wasn't even on the show at all, which is like the first time I think in progress's history that Jimmy Havoc wasn't on the show. But um, Paul Robinson coming out of that chapter looking dominant and uh, him and Osprey have history as well. They are former partners, the Swords of Essex was their team name and uh i think paul i think he said he even trained will yeah which is pretty crazy uh but it was a couple like several chapters ago they were teaming together paul robinson turned on will osprey in the middle of a tag team match and then later in the show helped jimmy havoc to retain his title so mm-hmm. lots of lots of threads and weaves and bobs in this so i actually wasn't a bad uh intro the video package for it not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting better with their video packages and, and stuff. I mean, I think their cinematography is really good in a lot of aspects. I was saying like production value for being like not a huge promotion. I thought the production value was actually pretty good. Yeah. And the not, titles looked the title looked really good, too. That progress championship is beautiful. They used to have a uh, a staff that represented their championship. It was literally like a it was like. 10 feet tall. It was like a staff that they carried around that represented the world title. Um, luckily, that didn't, <laughs> didn't last too long. Um, but, you know, it did. So, um, but yeah. So now we're here and uh, the entrance. Man, Paul Robinson's entrance. They, there was a great shot. Speaking of the, the camera work and stuff, they, everybody's like putting up middle fingers and it's like this image. It's like the middle fingers in the foreground and the background. Paul Robinson comes out. It was like beautifully done. And uh, Will Ospreay comes out. ACDC, right? Is yeah, that was, shoot the yeah. thrill. Yeah, shoot the thrill. And um, yeah, hot start. Lots of brawling. Lots of... Because uh, like Paul Robinson, he used to be like a high-flying guy. A lot of flash. But ever since he turned heel, he just rest- he's wrestling in jeans. He's brawling. And... Uh, kind of counteracting wills fluid high flying and all that stuff can we talk about the weight thing here the weight thing the weight how much each of these guys weighed how much did they weigh again robinson weighed 140 pounds mm. and osprey was only about a buck 75 which he ended up probably gaining like 50 pounds since then oh yeah 50, 50 for plus sure. pounds but osprey's only 22 at this point yeah yeah it's definitely uh <laughs> He's like progressing because like in the early chapters, he was like so he was even skinnier than he is now. Um, so you can kind of see the slow progression into what he is now. But um, yeah, lots, lots happening in this match. I, what were your thoughts on it? I guess kind of your introduction to Paul Robinson, right? Oh, he was. I liked I liked that uh, he brought. So Osprey, he's very flashy, mm-hmm. he, especially at this point. 
and then probably the next two or three years, three or four, actually more like five years before he kind of cools off a little bit on it. Yeah. Um, but I liked Robinson bringing a different kind of style to the match, kind of more methodical. And then like he'll flip out at certain points of the match and just try to beat the living crap out of uh, Osprey. I like that dynamic of that. And then uh, Robinson being able to scout Osprey since he's trained him and yeah, wrestled yeah. with him as a partner. I liked how they played in that dynamic as well. Do you like... Uh... Do you like Paul Robinson's loogie that he like Osprey oh. was on the ground oh. and Paul Robinson just that was like almost world record worthy. That was disgusting. And <laughs> that he was rubbed the... it into him. I would have probably puked if I was in the oh. ring. Like, it's Paul like, Robinson. I've seen, I, I can take blood, like all the blood possible. Like I've mm. seen Eddie Guerrero's like yeah, yeah. gusher at Judgment Day 04. But this was like, I'm like, spit. It's like you can taste it when you're watching it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And he like rubs it in. It's it's so gross. And then he also fish hooked it and put it in his mouth at one point. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Paul Robinson, he's just a skinhead, just not emaciated because he has some muscle mass on him, but he just looks like, like he gets Dobby chants a lot. <laughs> he is. He's Dobby. fucking, he looks like, okay, actually you said you mentioned Dobby and then you make me think of Darby. They have very oh, okay. similar builds. Him and Darby yeah. Allen. I could see it. I can see a team. Dobby and Darby. That could be money. Well, after, yeah, Paul D&D. Robinson, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Paul Robinson dominates a lot at the beginning, but then Will just explodes. He's doing handspring kicks and lung blowers and hits a second rope Phoenix splash. So he's busting out all the high flying offense that he was doing in this time period. But then uh, Paul kind of reaches this point where he gets a little desperate. So he starts dusting off his high flying stuff. He does like a crazy flipping her and like dragon Rana. Uh, spinning DDT, a Meteora from the top rope. and Better then, than uh, Sasha's. Yeah, no, that was... <laughs> like 800 <laughs> times better. Not much. Not saying much. Uh, <laughs> Paul Robinson, his finisher is to stomp, but it gets countered into a powerbomb by Osprey. Uh, it's a GTS, I think, at some point. It's like a crazy chain of moves. It's like a GTS into an Os cutter. I was losing track, honestly, at this point. Yeah, this it was hard to take notes on. There's just a lot going on. Like Os- I always p- picked like specific points. I'm like, I can't, I can't keep up with Osprey because he like does 800 things in about three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Robinson can hang too. So mm-hmm. it was very back and forth. And uh, Paul Ro- or Osprey goes to the top rope to uh, go for the six six thirty six thirty six twenty six thirty six thirty. Uh, 630 splash, but Paul Robinson rolls out to the floor, but Osprey just gets on the apron and does a shooting star press from the apron to the floor on the Paul Robinson. His knees. Dude, brutal on that hardwood floor. Superhero landing's pretty tough. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, then in the ring, rolls him in the ring. Osprey goes back to the top, hits a red arrow, or goes for a red arrow, but Paul Robinson gets his knees up. And then Paul, like, I don't even know what happened here. I know that's no one point Osprey had his feet hung up in the ropes and then Paul Robinson hit a stomp, like an assisted stomp that looked. Yeah, 
devastating. It looked nasty. I, yeah. I, I did. Like, he, Osprey somehow got hooked, like, in the second turnbuckle in his legs. And he was, like, prone, like, hanging in a plank position. And then Robinson just comes up and just buries his head into the mat with his stomp. Just destroyed him. Curb stomped him. Only gets a two count, though. Somehow. Paul Robinson picks him up, hits the acid rainmaker, which is Jimmy Havoc's move. So that's alluding to that. Uh, gets a two count. Will flips him off. Paul puts his finger in his mouth and bites it. He's got a finger fetish. He's got something. He's got something. This dude has a lot of kinks. But we don't kink shame here. So uh, <laughs> lots of counters towards the end. Osprey hits the Essex Destroyer for a two count, flipping DDT. Uh, Osprey goes to the top rope to follow up, but Paul Robinson shoves the ref into the ropes, knocking Osprey, crotching him on the top rope. Um, but then Paul Robinson yeah, rips him down, hits a drop kick to the back of the head, goes for the stomp again, but Osprey counters into an O'Connor roll for the win. So gets the quick win. Out of nowhere, uh, quick win. It was a longish match, but just out of nowhere win. Yeah, I think and, it went about twenty minutes. So, it, but I liked I liked the finish and the aspect that Robinson was taking too long. He was milking it. Yeah, he milked it and then he went for the stomp and then got caught and pinned and then he lost his crap afterward. Just prelude. Yeah, this, but but he. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. I think this. I'd say. Overall, like full match wise, this was the best match of the night. Yeah. Champa and uh, Haskins, their second half of the match was pretty darn good. It was the first half that kind of lacked a little bit. But no, like this, I think, was overall match of the night. Mm -hmm. Osprey was very as much as he he was great here, but he was very spotty and his selling was kind of I, I felt like it was lacking at points. Mm hmm. Yeah, he would definitely get better uh, over the years. Like his, his recent stuff in New Japan is just incredible. But uh, he's still very good here. Very good here. Yeah. But uh, like you said, Paul Robinson attacks after the bell. He will have none of this. He uh, beats the shit out of Osprey, attacks him from behind, goes to the outside, confronts Jim Smallman. <laughs> he mugs him. He takes Smallman's credit card from his wallet, ties up Osprey in the ropes, Puts the credit card in his mouth. I guess he was going to like kick it into his throat. <laughs> Is that I don't a thing? Know people what do? That, I didn't know what the idea was here. I was like, okay, he's got the credit card. In his hand. He's going to like swipe it across his head and just try to cut him or something. Yeah, I thought he was going to do like a, like the webs of the fingers kind of thing. But I was so confused. I'm like, what's the idea of him putting the credit card in his mouth? What was that alluding sure. to? Not sure. Well, was he paying for his uh, paying for his uh, his uh, <laughs> night out? This is his, uh, his mouth his except women? chips. Yeah, <laughs> his, he was going to get a like a, a prostitute or something afterward. I don't know. <laughs> Paul Robinson definitely strikes me as a guy that uh, participates in the ladies of the evening. Yes, the red light district, as they like to call it. Ah, yes. Or whatever it is over there. Uh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam. I don't know. But <laughs> um, all my knowledge of Europe is based on Eurotrip. So <laughs> that that's what Europe oh, is geez. to me. OK, I don't think that's very. Very good, though, for that. No, they're all just getting their nipples clamped. and You got you got a nipple clamped? Look, we'll, we'll discuss that after that podcast. <laughs> after Dark. Yeah. See you guys <laughs> wrestling show After Dark. Exactly. We got to save content for that. 
Um, but after this, so he has the credit card in his mouth. He's tied up in the ropes. Mark Andrews comes out to make the save who uh, if you if you're not keeping up with progress at this point, that might seem kind of underwhelming. He's, he is an NXT UK or he was, I guess. Um, but basically, Mark Andrews, he was a very prominent part in the early 15 ish chapters of progress. He was a former progress champion. He won the first ever natural progression series and him and Osprey have had two matches in previous chapters and Mark Andrews has won both of them. So uh, Andrews comes out and Andrews left a few chapters ago because he went to TNA for a little bit. And I don't know if he's still there and if he's just making a one off appearance or what the deal is. But um, Andrews runs off Paul Robinson and then he confronts Will Ospreay and he's like, hey, you're doing great, Will, but I'm the only triple crown champion that progress has ever seen. And Osprey, you've done a lot, but you haven't beaten Mark Andrews. So basically, Mark challenges Will Osprey to a title match at the next chapter. Osprey accepts. So that sets up the main event for chapter 23. So, um, yeah, a little fun, fun, fun little aftermath, I suppose. Yeah, I wasn't bad. I thought, well, for really, if you've heard the you got a really good reaction, Andrews did, even though it may have been a little underwhelming. Yeah, well, no, yeah, at, at the time, Mark Andrews was a, a big deal. I'm just saying, like, if you look at it in today's lenses, like, he's been in NXT UK doing a whole lot of nothing for years, but... And then he's gone, he's got released, too. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, because he's another super talented dude, too, so... A lot of these guys on the, like, the end up on NXT UK are super talented, then just get lost, and now it's going to be NXT Europe, which, what it, whatever that's going to be. Yeah, I'm still confused as to how that's going to be different from what they were doing with NXT UK, but... What are they just going to go all over Europe? But they already did that, though. Like they had they have people that Mako Satomura was their champion from Japan. So it's like, how does that make? I'm so good. What? Huh? It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. So I hope actually I hope Mako becomes NXT women's champion. Honestly, I do, too. I would love to see her like even like main roster with women up there. Io Shirai. She's, she's, even though she's like 40, she is like. Good. <laughs> she was wrestling in on Nitro in 1995, and she's still one of the best out there. So who knows? And I know she shows up in progress at some point waiting for that, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she does. I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, man, chapter 22, that brings that to a close. Any other any other thoughts on the show? Anything we missed? Uh, I, I thought this was I thought this was pretty good once it got into like the wrestling portion of it. The comedy stuff. A lot of that just kind of went over my head. Like certain, like I know comedy. I know wrestling is a variety show, and yeah. so comedy has to be intertwined in that somehow. I felt like at points during this show they leaned uh, too far into it, like just a little too into it. Mm-hmm. They would have like maybe like reeled it back a little bit, and maybe staggered out the comedy because it was like all in your face at one point at all. Yeah, at like the at. Like the first three matches, like why are we getting all this comedy at one time? Right. The geezers thing, I was like, I cannot take this. I can't take this. <laughs> I was because it's like everybody. I'm watching it and everybody seems to be enjoying it. I'm like, come on, guys. They're all drunk that. too, though. Yeah, that's a good point. I was sober watching this. Maybe that was my mistake. That's like okay, like watching comedy wrestling drunk. It's like being at a swim pool and listening to like dance hall music drunk. Right. It's like, yeah. if you're if you're sober, that music is garbage. 
But if you're drunk, that stuff's good. That's actually funny and not, well, that's actually like, okay, this is, I can vibe to this. Like, this is the same thing with, like comedy wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be done. It can be done well, but uh, I don't know if it necessarily has a mark on this one, but uh, although the slip and slide was fine. More slip and slides in wrestling. Let's start that hashtag. Yeah, lube it up. You have no yeah, lube it up. If if I didn't want you to plug your stuff, I would have just ended the recording right there. <laughs> lube it up, baby. <laughs> well, speaking of lube, you better have it ready when you turn on Sig Daddy's wrestling show. Thank you, Skyler, once again for checking out the show, coming on, talking about it. Where can everybody find you in Sig Daddy's wrestling show? Uh, you can find uh Sig Daddy's wrestling show. You can find it on Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok at Sig Daddy Wrestle. You can also find it on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. TikTok so far has mostly been used for the uh, Micro Brawler collection. So that's going to be... Hell yeah. More, I got more coming to that. I, I just haven't done it in a while. I have, have a couple new ones in uh, Lex Luger and uh, Ric Flair. Speaking of old guys. Teasing that. <laughs> but uh, no, you can find uh, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pod, Being the IR Radio app, Amazon Music... Pretty much wherever you can find your podcast, you can find my show. It's do a lot of uh, variety on the show, including like we do like up to date topics. Like most recently, we did uh, why not up to date, but like we do like why something was so great. Like the last episode we did was why 2016 was WWE's last great year. That was our uh, yeah, last yeah. episode. Uh, we also did uh, Triple H, King of Creative for WWE, talking about the potential and what changes he's made already. We also do some mm -hmm. retro TNA pay-per-view reviews. So we go back and watch some uh, old TNA wrestling, as Hell I like yeah. to call it. Uh, Slammiversary uh, 06 we've covered. We also covered Sacrifice 2010. And then we've also covered uh, TNA uh, Destination X 2005, which... But the, I'll be honest, those are not the best TNA shows, so we're hoping to bring in. <laughs> Wasn't that, so, um, was that when DDP was in the main event? Yes, that was DDP's last singles pay-per-view match. That show was a bag of shit. <laughs> it, I, I covered that show too, and that was uh, not the greatest. It was it was tough. I was like, man, this is awful. Didn't like, Shocker I, get a title match? Oh, God. There was also a debut. Monty Brown had a match with i can't remember these guys triton and it was the i was like what in the <laughs> world is this oh man i had a uh, frank from last minute podcast we covered that show a while ago and he, he brought up how triton has the tiniest head in proportion to his body and you'll never look at him the same way like it was the that. worst debut i think i've ever seen for somebody he never had another singles match after that <laughs> They're building him up for a month, and then he just had a dud of a match, and they're like, hey, you're in a tag team for a month, and then they fired him. So Yeah, Monty Brown tried his damnedest there, and it did not work out. But yeah, you, we do a bunch of different content, just a, a variety of stuff, talking about a multitude of topics, past and present. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of fun we have on this on Sig Daddy's wrestling show. Uh, J.O., my broadcast partner, actually, it's, no, it's my assistant to the podcast host, as I like to call him. Nice. So uh, bringing it back to the office. Yes, we're bringing it back to the office. He's the assistant to the podcast host, which is myself being the egotistical bastard I am. So you're Michael Scott. 
Yes. Or are you David Brent, right? No, no, no. I am Beyonce always. Once again, thank you to Sky Guy from Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show for joining me on this beautiful, beautiful episode. Go check out the Siggy at Sig Daddy Wrestle on Twitter. All of his info in the description below. Go check out Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Good bloke over there. Lovely, lovely fella. And uh, yeah, apronbump.com for all my stuff. Buy a shirt, rate the podcast, review the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, Give the video a like, why don't you? Ring the bell for notifications. Give a uh, give a 6.30 splash to the subscribe button. Am I right or am I wrong, fellas? I think that's all. I think, it's, I think that about covers it. Thank you guys once again for listening. Big smooches all around. I'm hard. Yeah.